Hey guys, David here. Really excited about these uh, next two episodes where we have just a discussion on race and um, kind of what's going on in the country right now concerning race. But just wanted to kind of give this disclaimer that uh, at one point we talk about what churches we go to and just wanted to say that the views expressed on this episode and the next one um, do not represent necessarily the views of the churches that we attend. They don't necessarily represent the views of any um, sponsors we've had at any point. Um, They don't represent the views of any of the people that do music for our show either. This is just our opinions. Um, Me, Jonathan Smith, John Carter, and Dalen Pelham. Um, Whatever we say is just our opinions. Also, I want to just let you know that the music on here, um, the first song is No Big Deal. Um, Go check them out. That's N-O-B-I-G-D-Y-L. You can catch them on Spotify, iTunes, all over the place. The last song on this episode is S.O., somebody that we've used multiple times in the past that's s period o period also on spotify itunes but um hope you enjoy give us some feedback check us out on all social media and let us know what you think when I drop, just crank that, then pass that to a rap. Any tribe don't play that. How this crew since ASAP. I'm like Wayne meets K Dot, and you look more like K pop. Told them boys don't test me, I might look sweet like Nestle, I got that snipe like Wesley, I am the goat like Messi. Hold up, hold up, I don't want the game to get the best of me. And we're back for the second time in 2020. Yeah, David here. Um, so. Joy is not with us today. He is in quarantine, and I just realized I promised him that I would text him to see if he wants to join on a phone call, so I'm going to do that right now while I'm recording. Uh, Y'all don't tell Joy that I forgot. Um, But I'm here with some some friends, so let me introduce y'all to them. We've got, first of all, okay, we're going to have a discussion on race, so disclaimer here if you think racism doesn't exist and you don't want to hear a pretty lengthy discussion about it, you can leave now and go listen to one of our other episodes. But hopefully that's not you because you probably this is probably a discussion that's close to your heart if you've ever listened to us before. But anyways, so we've got in the building, we've got a sound doc to my right. Uh, sound doc has been in the studio with us before. Back when, yeah. Yeah, back when we first started. Sound Doc is a veteran of the uh, Christian hip-hop game industry. Yep. He, okay, he, 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 he raps. He raps. Yeah. 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 He's been rapping for a while. So, yeah, um, yes, when we first started, we did played a lot of the, the Brethren. Um, that is Sound Doc along with uh, Sensei Dan, who we haven't heard from in a while. So then we've also got um, Jonathan Smith with us, who is a... I'm not a rapper. Not a rapper um, yet, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, is a experienced preacher and pretty experienced, more experienced than I am probably, yeah, and uh, 
has a you finish your degree at Beeson? Yeah. Yep. A seminary degree from Beeson in what is it, Dan? In Birmingham. Oh what what was your degree in? Masters of Divinity. Masters of Divinity from Beeson in Birmingham. And then we've got local football legend uh Dalen Pelham here. Uh <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't call yourself a, a legend? No, I wouldn't. No. Uh <laughs> Dalen has been involved in um in ministry for years also. I've heard heard Dalen preach before, a gifted preacher as well. Um so I guess affiliation, me, Sound Doc, and Jonathan all go to, to the same church, Acts twenty nine church. Dalen goes to Zion number one, uh, Missionary Baptist Church in Barton, Alabama. Yep, yep. Missionary Baptist. Um, which means they're all missionaries, right? Is that what that means? No. We would like to think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to change our name to Ransom Community Missionary Baptist X-29 Reformed Church. Still believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, kind of, in places, missionally, church, right? Super awesome Jesus time. We can do that. Okay. I would like to... Uh, Although it's hard when when I'm talking to Sound Doc, but uh, when we talk, speak in the micro, microphone. <laughs> I'll do that. I, I'll have to start moving over so you can do that. I, I'm sorry. I really need to text uh, Joy because I forgot to. Um, so anyways, as I said, we're going to be talking about race today. I tried to put a lot of humor there in the first like four minutes because it's going to be hard to put humor into the rest of it we'll try i'll probably say some words wrong and we'll get to laugh at that um so that's going to happen but uh yeah so i don't really know how to dive into this conversation but if you've been hiding under a rock then you might not be aware but for everybody else you are aware that america is kind of At a do what? Yes, that. Thank you. Upheaval. Yes, and racial upheaval, Um, especially the past. Was it been probably three weeks, three or four weeks, month? The past month, and uh, that started with an incident that took place in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where an African American man, George Floyd, was a video surfaced of him dying at the hands of a police officer while he was handcuffed unarmed the police officer had a knee on his throat george floyd was on the ground if you haven't seen the video if you have seen the video if you haven't seen the video just google it it's not hard to find but um so that i say that's kind of where all this upheaval started but it's more like that was kind of the the straw that that broke is it straw that broke the camel's back? What does that mean? Like I'm pretty, like he's got so much weight on him. You have one more straw. Straw? No, not necessarily. He's got all kinds of weight on him. Oh, okay. And then you drop that one more straw, and that's just just enough to make him fall. You know what I'm saying? So or break his back. It's kind of like there's a lot of weight going on. So in your analogy, there's a lot of racial tension going on. But this was. The one thing that broke. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I just didn't understand. Like I'm, I'm when I say that I picture like a camel with like 
Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> or just even like a bunch of straw on his back, and then you just put one piece, and that was the last straw. Whoa, is that where that comes from? The last straw? Maybe. Is that? Are those two things? Possibly. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I said no more humor. My bad. Um. So. So yeah. So that happened. The response to that was, um, protests and riots throughout the country. I would say pretty much every. Almost every city that was diverse in any way racially, you saw something going on. Um, our, it happened in our city, uh, and our city isn't very large. It happened, I think, some of the major places it happened. You saw it in like Atlanta and um, obviously Minneapolis, Los Angeles. Um, also, while there's a pandemic going on, but uh, that's another topic for another episode did i ever text josh no i still haven't yeah y'all stop distracting me um okay i did that y'all could all hear my phone do that so joy might might join us over the phone but uh, anyways so yeah so that's where we're at so we want to talk about what um kind of what we feel about these issues uh also want to move into how we should respond to where America is at, um, how we should respond as a Christian. Um, also, we're also going to talk about kind of where, what do you do politically, like come November, um, on, I guess, after some of these things have come up and in response to how some of our government leaders have responded to this and also in response to the um i think that there's always been especially with the the last two presidents there's been a huge divide between the parties and between the two different ways of viewing things i would say that has multiplied significantly in the past few weeks um especially this year, I would say also with the the different views on the virus, um, which is kind of, I don't really understand how you don't expect to have different views on a sickness, but there have been. And, um, and then obviously the different views on this. So um, talking about George Floyd, that leads us into initially um, the, the, the initial discussion. I think the initial talking point on all of this has been, the way that police have handled um, have handled certain instances involving unarmed minority civilians. Um, it has become more, I believe it's become more public in the last few years simply because um, Apple decided to put phones on or put cameras on everybody's phone. But um, these are things, from what I understand, that have been taking place throughout the history of America. So um, I'm going to throw, I guess, throw that out there. When talking about police, where where do you guys kind of fall in police reform? Um, do you think there's a problem with the police? Or do you believe, you know, one of the narratives out right now is that there's no issues with the police. There's just a few bad apples. Um, do you agree with that? Do you think if we just get rid of those bad apples, that's all we need to do? Do you believe the 
police departments should be completely made differently? Um, or do you think somewhere in the middle? So I'm going to just throw that, uh, that dead fish around the middle of the table and see who wants to, to handle that. Um, and go. They're all looking at each other. I don't give you all the play by play. Nobody wants to say the first thing. I do just feel like a lot of people, if you are anti-police brutality, I mean, it's it's almost like there's two extremes. Either you're all for the police and they can do anything, no wrong, or if you have an issue, then you're viewed as anti-police. I am anti-bad cop, but I'm pro-police. I don't believe that, you know, we should just totally abolish you know, the police departments, but there is reform that needs to be done within. Uh, I just feel like they don't have much accountability as far as, you know, when they commit what we see or know as a crime, it just seems there's no accountability. So my thought on reform would be... This is is Sound Doc speaking, by the way. Okay, there would need to be some kind of independent agency that has no ties to the police department to do internal investigations when you know situations like george floyd happens would y'all agree with that or disagree or i would agree this is jonathan speaking um i think the issue is complex like i like how i like how john put that um Sometimes we see on issues that people tend to line up on extreme, extreme positions. And sometimes the media will feed that. The media will highlight, you know, these people are those crazy conservatives. They're extremely over there. And then the other media will highlight how these, these other people are extreme liberals and they're way over there. And, you know, I think as a thoughtful citizen, first of all, and then especially as a Christian, we need to be able to think through issues and not be led astray by some of these extreme positions because it's a false dichotomy to say that you're either for all police and they can't do anything wrong or you're completely against the police and we just need to abolish the whole police department. That's a Mm -hmm. false dichotomy. Mm -hmm. There are very few people actually saying either of those things. Probably more people saying that the police could do no wrong, but I think a lot of us, you know, especially with George Floyd, when that happened, there was a moment where it seemed like everyone was agreeing. For the first few days, (laughs) people that I would never have expected on Facebook to post about police brutality were saying, this was wrong, and this is murder. So I think think we have to avoid extreme positions, think through – what multiple people are saying and, 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 and try to come up with a fair approach. And and we're not going to get it right the first time. We're not going to get it right the second time, maybe. And I'm not an expert on police. I'm just saying, I know it's not extreme positions on either side. If so, I'll, I'll I'll leave that there. I could say more, but. You keep talking. I mean, you got, that's good. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think one of the issues too, as a Christian, this, like 
theologically, I think Christians, you know, this is a sports and Jesus podcast. Let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about theology. I think Christians, sometimes, sometimes Christians in the recent weeks have been criticized if they go along too much with the culture, you know, and, and, and they say things like black lives matter. We agree that black lives matter. Sometimes we are criticized for saying that from other groups of, of the church. So, but what I want to say to them is, it's not that we're being persuaded by the culture. Some of us, myself, what I, what I would consider for myself is I'm trying to be biblical and theological. And so when it comes to the issue of police, sometimes when we think with our theological caps on, sometimes we see in a church an overemphasis on individuality. What I mean by that is, you know, when we talk about sin, sin is only something that happens in an individual's life. So you'll see that people will say, you can't fix racism without, with, with policy or reform or, or whatever it might be. You have to fix the heart of individuals. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. Mm-hmm. But the Bible theologically also talks about groups and collective sin you know the bible tells us that our enemies are our flesh the world and the devil so if we think so sometimes people are saying it's only about individual sin so those are the same people are saying all cops aren't bad it's it's individual cops that are bad and and i want to agree to that partially but at the same time this might get me in trouble with some people, but I believe the Bible is very okay with saying maybe it's the system itself that might be broken. Yeah. Maybe there's a bunch of really good cops, really good individuals that are operating within a system that's broken. And the Bible, I don't think, would, would say anything against that. The, the, our enemies are the world, the flesh, and the devil. So there's individuals, our flesh. The world system, which is set up by individuals, but ten, but if those individuals long ago who set up this system were racist or sinful or whatever it might be, sexist even, and those systems and those laws and those rules and those policies are still in place, then these good individuals are operating in a system that is broken and flawed. And so as Christians, and we think theologically, it's not wrong to say that, like John said, like, there needs to be reforms. We're seeing that. Like, there's a bunch of good cops that might be operating within a system that needs reform. And and so I, I say all that to say, if you haven't been paying attention, there are some Christians who would critique that and would say that is not a Christian position. That the Christian position is that it's only about individuals. Um, so. That's that's something that's something that that I've kind of been thinking through. Um, I've been thinking through a lot of theological issues, and that's just one of them. So if y'all got some pushback or you know want to think about that or comment on that, that's cool. Yeah, that, no, that's that's good. Like I mean, you see, for instance, especially like in the Old Testament, like whole groups of people, you know, being punished for the sins of that group of people. I mean. That, like, like that happens throughout the Old Testament, and um, especially that happens to to Israel at times. Like the whole because of the 
the sins of, of the system or even the sins of, you know, the top of that government, God judges the whole, the whole nation at times. Um, yeah, that's good. That reminded me, probably want to throw a disclaimer on here. Um, we, we're all, I, I would say, trying to be, you know, strong Christians. That's the worldview we look through. We understand that there is n- nothing will ever like truly completely kill racism will kill like there's no we understand that these things can't completely be fixed until heaven until the new earth Amen. until like we we understand that but we also believe that just because that's true that making things better that, that even that justice isn't something worth fighting for while on this earth um having said that like i i even think i think sometimes that churches pastors churches christians can can use that almost as a cop-out of um like well you know it can't ever you know it's Kind of like Thessalonians when they were just waiting around for, like, Paul got onto the Thessalonians for not doing enough waiting for Christ's return. You know, yeah. Pretty much have that mentality. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's what you heard from a lot of uh, of pastors, like, even during, during slavery and during civil rights and during even, you know, the you hear a lot, or I've seen a lot, um people taking the stance like just just preach the gospel or just you know our our purpose is just, just to go out you know as you were talking about like just the individual sin and people like that's like we just preach the gospel and just that's the only way this can happen and that's that's true i mean as hearts are changed things will get better as more people are seeking to glorify god obviously things will get better and that's true but but at the same time like there are things worth fighting for while on this earth even not i'm just trying to figure out how to word this it's not on like i'm not saying this is these things are equal with the gospel but there are other things beside the gospel that sounds bad to say that but besides the gospel that are also worth fighting for and that even think the gospel can be applied to and looking through things with the gospel lens affects the way we we see these things and i would um, just say it and i guess the reality of the gospel in us leads us to attack these other issues yes, so yes. it's just like it reminds me of the verse i mean i'm absolutely preach the gospel but the gospel leads us to action it reminds me of the verse where it says you know if a brother comes to you and asks for food and, and clothes and you say, you know, be warm, be fed and go on and you don't even help that person with those needs. I mean, you're not necessarily preaching the gospel to them at that point, but you're providing for those needs because of the reality of the gospel in your life. Mm. So, I mean, I, I see, you know, racial reconciliation as that. I mean, it's not you know, a part of the gospel, but it is helping brothers be warm, helping brothers be fed. Yeah. So, so the pushback you hear on that, um, 
and I, I'm pushing back against, I guess, a statement that I first started, is like you see typically, so you see in the New Testament, it seems to be like, especially with like Paul, he's he's living in a, and I, I'm hoping you guys can answer this, because, but um, he's living in a in a culture, he's living in you know Rome, where there's some awful things going on. Um, there are some awful systems. There's slavery exists. We see that in scripture. Um, there's definitely racism. There's um, horrible things taking place at the very top of government, and and it doesn't seem to be a concern of his for Christians to influence those things. Um, I guess my response, because because I've heard that, we've probably all heard that. My response to that would be: ancient Rome and America are different. Like we actually, our country is celebrated as being a country where everybody has a voice. Like I think. Also, like just in the day and time we live in, like we can be about a bunch of different things, whereas he he couldn't at that time. Like he had to be, because it just took so long for him to get from city to city. <laughs> like he didn't have enough time to do anything other than plant churches and preach the gospel. Like, um, whereas we can, we can do both. We can share the gospel, we can help plant churches, we can do that, and we can also be at the same time, in the same day, fight for racial justice and racial equality. And um, sorry if you hear a lawnmower or a go-kart or four-wheeler in the background. Something with the motor is happening outside of my house. But um, but that, that would be my, and that's just off the top of my head. I haven't put a ton of thought into that. But just in light of what we're talking about, like you hear that sometimes, like, Paul never seems to encourage in any of his letters anybody to try to make affect the government or change the government in any way. I have something to say about that. Yes. I think I think here's another theological thing I think that we need to and I could be, I could be off. I could be. I, I want to say that I don't think I know everything, but I think a theological theme that we need to think about is is the gospel itself. For example, if I were to say to someone, "What is the gospel?" Sometimes people will quote First Corinthians fifteen, and I would say, "Amen." Where, where Paul says, I delivered to you that which is of first importance, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scripture, that he was buried, he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scripture, and then he appeared to the apostles. Okay, so his death, burial, resurrection is the gospel. Yeah. Well, but some people might say, well, in, in Mark chapter 1, when Jesus talks about the gospel, it says that he went around saying, repent and believe because the kingdom of God is at hand. Yeah. And it says he's preaching the gospel. And so one of the things that I think is really important for Christians to deal with is, is the gospel only about Jesus' death and resurrection? And I would say no. 
And, and please hear me correctly. <laughs> You'll get some pushback. That is a yeah. very, very important aspect of the gospel. Yeah. That is the culmination. That is the culmination and the and the height of God's work of redemption for His people. But I would say that we need to expand that to include what the Bible includes. And so, for example, in Ephesians chapter one. Paul is talking about all the spiritual blessings that we have in Christ. He's talking about how we've been chosen in him before the foundations of the world. He's talking about the predestination that we have, the adoption that we have. And then he says this in verse 9 and 10 of chapter 1. He says, God making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. And you see in Ephesians that theme of uniting things to Christ is a big is a big theme. So he talks about that in chapter 1. Then he gives the example of how we've been united to Christ and that brings reconciliation with the Father in chapter 2. And later on in chapter 2, we've been united to Christ and that brings reconciliation to one another. Um, and so this idea of in Christ, uniting all things together. And, and, then, and then we think about the scope of Scripture of creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Well, when we think about the fall, not only did Adam and Eve and their progeny fall, but when Adam and Eve sinned, the whole world was turned into, into chaos and tor- turmoil. The world fell into sin. The world uh, is, is cursed. It produces thorns and thistles. You know, in Romans 8, it talks about how the whole creation is groaning, waiting for the sons of God to be redeemed. And so there's this aspect that redemption includes the entire created order. Okay? I, and so hear me correctly. I'm not saying that we shouldn't preach that Jesus died for our sins and rose on the third day. But I'm thinking that based on Scripture as a whole, I think we need to expand and say that that is maybe the most important aspect for us as individuals, for us as human beings. But what Christ has accomplished has not only purchased my salvation, your salvation, the salvation of all the elect, or for all who would believe, if we want to put it that way, but in Christ and what he has accomplished, he has defeated the evil powers of Satan and the demons He has um, ushered in the kingdom of God so that it has started to penetrate into this present evil age. And and at the culmination of all this, we're going to see a renewed creation. Mm -hmm. Isaiah talks about the lion laying down with the lamb, the toddler being able to pick up the serpent because everything is at peace. And so what I'm not saying is I don't want to diminish the death and resurrection of Jesus for our sins, for our individual salvations. But I think sometimes we can get so caught up in that that when people start talking about racism, and you see preachers saying it all the time, well, that's another topic. That's not the gospel. Well, if our view of what Christ has accomplished includes the scope of, the scope of all of creation, and Christ is concerned not only with individuals' reconciliation with God, but also individuals' reconciliation with one another, the original intent of creation, that everybody would live in peace and harmony with one another, then it absolutely is a gospel issue 
to, to talk about racism. And I think even to show that in Scripture, Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2 talks about, like we, we heard it in the sermon this morning at Ransom, that the dividing wall of hostility yeah. is broken because of Christ. And that is a beautiful truth. But here's the thing. When you and I are reconciled to God and salvation, are we perfected at that moment? No, we ain't. What we need is sanctification. We need to continually grow in holiness. And so it's the same thing with our brothers and sisters. When we're united to Christ together, everything's not perfect. There still is indwelling sin in each and every single one of us, and we need sanctification. And so that, in my view, becomes a gospel issue when people are racist or there's white supremacy going on or there's, or if you even just want to say racial bias or profiling, yeah. you know, if you don't want to go as far as to say someone's racist, I think that is definitely an issue that is in, within the scope of the gospel because Christ has come to redeem all things. There's not anything in this whole realm of his creation that he doesn't claim is his I and mean, he's going to renew one day. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so I know that that can sound at times what I was describing that. Oh, is that a no, is that a theologically good, yeah. liberal stance? And I and I don't think so. And if someone wants to give me that critique, I'm okay with it. I'm just trying to stick with the scriptures. You know what I'm saying? Like I see the consummation in the consummation, Christ's redemption is going to apply to all of creation. Mm -hmm. And and praise God. Like for me as an individual, praise God that that means that my soul will be redeemed and I and I will be free from sin and I get to spend eternity with God in heaven. Yeah. But I think it includes more than that does that make sense it doesn't yeah. and i don't want that to lessen what that means for individual salvation yeah does that make sense yeah absolutely and even i, I remember reading that in piper's god is the gospel where he basically takes every time that word gospel is used in scripture and breaks it down what but he talks about that stuff but and correct me if i'm wrong but in ephesians 2 the dividing wall of hostility it's not a dividing wall between us and God is the dividing wall he's talking about is it's a racial between Jew wall. and Gentile. Yes. That that's one of the effects of the gospel is Jesus has torn down that wall between races and yet in our sin and in our indwelling sin we like want to build it back up. And but uh but yeah, that's good. And um, maybe to be a little bit more clear what I mean by that. When the dividing wall of hostility is broken by the gospel, all of us would agree that that doesn't mean that we have perfect relationships with one another. Just in the same way as I need to cultivate my relationship with the Lord, I need to, it's a relationship. I need to spend time with Him, I need to spend time in His Word. I need to cultivate those relationships with my brothers and sisters, maybe even especially those whom the dividing wall of hostility is broken because of the gospel. Maybe I need to do extra, extra, put forth extra effort with some of those relationships. Because like with, Jew, with the Jews, like they got along, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But we even saw, see in Galatians that Peter is caught slipping and he's being hypocritical, slightly racist. Yeah. When, when, when the Jews show up, he's showing partiality. And, and so maybe we could say Peter needed to put forth more effort to be in reconciliation with his brothers of another race mm -hmm. than he did with those of his own race. So I'm not opposed to saying that, you know, in, in the terms of racial reconciliation, maybe 
I need to put forth more reconciliation effort with people who look different than me. Does, does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. And, uh, and I'm okay with, and I'm okay with pushback on that. If, if I need. Yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, the point that you brought out, like, you know, us cultivating relationships with our wives, with our other brothers and sisters, even with sanctification in our own lives, we know that on this side of heaven, we're going to continue to be sinful. But that never stops us from pursuing sanctification. Never going to have a perfect relationship with my wife, but that never stops me from pursuing a perfect relationship. We're never going to stop racism, but that should not stop us from pursuing. And uh, we're about to take a a quick break, but I just want to say one one thing that I think we... uh, we need to be reminded of when talking about that, that dividing wall is, um, you know, you kind of picture that dividing wall is basically kind of what's up, up to that point. I mean, you can argue this, but it's like God's people are the Jews, right? And the dividing wall is what's keeping everybody else out from the benefits of the, of the gospel. Um, to my white brothers and sisters and to my black brothers and sisters, my Asian brothers and sisters, like, we're all, we all were outside of that wall. <laughs> like, like we weren't. We're the Gentiles. Yes, yes. We're not, none of us were God's people. Like we were all, the gospel did that for all of us. I think we, especially, um, I know obviously I can just speak from a white perspective. Like we were talking about this before we press the record button. Like we, we kind of always, always thought of myself as like, I, as God's people, like, like, like that's okay. Well, that's good. Now other people can be saved too. Like, like, no, we, we were Gentiles, but, uh, but we're going to take a, a break and, um, but, uh, we'll take a break and we'll be back. Do you know how hard it would be to find a white dude walking around the streets of Galilee in the first century? It's like Bigfoot. Riding a unicorn on top of a rainbow. <laughs> Real Jesus was a Middle Eastern Jew. I can hear speaking. What's the reason for your views? Why don't you just leave it? Why you leaning on this hill? You gotta get the truth if you wanna lead the few. I know that ain't the savior that I read. 